the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton from our Spirit of the Lord Church, and you're listening to Isaiah 61, uh, our radio ministry. just want to greet everybody. Uh, as we enter into this uh, season of, of nice cheer and everybody loves one another and people love to, to give and, and, uh, and at least we can get something positive out of this moment. Uh, children are going to be out of school for a while. I know in my household that means people are returning home from college since I have more in college than I have in, uh, in uh, high school. So they'll be coming home trying to reestablish beds and Everybody get to arguing and bickering, but it's a good argument and bickering that comes for. Uh, it's just good to see and watch how God has changed um, the little, uh, little big head children into uh, normal headed children who are filling their head with knowledge in college and they come back knowing more than you. And, uh, and so I remember my wife was uh, just reminiscing, looking at some pictures and wishing that she could turn back the hands of time to. You know, spend more time with her little babies. And I'm like, I'm trying to speed up the hands of time to get rid of the little babies. You know what I mean? So we have we have a conflict of interest going on there. But it's good to see them growing and especially coming into their purpose, what, uh, what God has called them to do. Uh, you know, here at, you know, Isaiah 61, as I always say, you know, it's just our, our way of, uh, you know, helping to expose you, the listener, to uh, what is going on in, in, a, in our urban area, but at the same time to, to educate you and look at, at uh, certain things. And, you know, just from an urban perspective, you know, I like bringing people on and that are uh, ministering in an urban area and letting them share with you what they do. And so it's just not all about uh, what our particular ministry is doing, but what's going on around us. That's, you know, uh, we just want to share and just allow a format so that you know how to pray, you know, how to uh, listen and know that, that God is moving, you know, in our in our urban areas. Uh, as with everything, you know, that goes around, as long as we're on this planet, there's that uh, there's that need for, you know, uh, the finances. There's need for finances. You know, we run a, a youth leadership program, and uh, we do a college prep and and host a kids club during the school year. Then we do a a long intense summer program, and uh, and so it's it's been going well for us, you know. And uh, we have, you know, kids just last week we met uh, talking about leadership with some students and they're getting ready, preparing to go to college. And we help walk them through that process and, and find a good fit for them and just want to uh, become a center of influence for the next generation to let them know and to help them exercise their gifts and their callings. And uh, just finished up our newsletter for the year. If you like a copy of it, 
or interested in what we do, you can always go to uh, www.sotl.org. That's what Spirit of the Lord Church, uh, you know, it's sotl.org. And, uh, and you can link to 3 Deep Leadership Program or you can go to a longer name, www.3deepleadership.com. And it will take you to show what we're doing with kids, do athletics, academics, uh, leadership development. And so uh, just really, really have a good time. Looking forward to our, our first big batch of college grads coming out this year as they now all are looking for jobs and doing, those, doing their thing. And uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how the landscape of our country changes as these young, gifted leaders, not just gifted and gifted, but I'm talking about gifted in their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Daniel was considered a man of excellence. You know, I mean, he he worshiped, he prayed, but yet he was excellent in his job. And uh, and that's what we're trying to trying to raise up here. And as part of that, as part of my commitment to the next generation and getting to the next generation uh, in the month of January, you're going to hear less of me and more of them. I think it's somewhere in the Bible it says somebody had to decrease. So somebody had to increase. You Bible scholars can fill in the rest for me. But uh, so I have uh, four to five uh, of our of our young people who will uh, host this show. They will. Now they may pull me in and interview me. They may bring somebody else in. But, you know, they want to address some issues that are pertinent to their generation and uh, speak to their generation, but also speak to other generations to let them know how. Um, or how and why and what they're planning on doing to make an impact in this world. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to them coming in and and uh, exercising their voice and and uh, and that's just what we believe in doing. I, I believe in and uh, empowering and getting ready. You know, uh, we didn't get into this problem in one generation. It's going to take more than one generation to get us out of it. So, you know, and and, and they in turn are working with people a generation under them, and so we try to get this going and get this momentum going. Uh, to bring speed up the Lord's return. You know, in light of that, you know, when you're looking at hosting, you know, sometimes you get in there and, and, and looking at, I look at Paul and Paul's heart toward his people. And, and uh, you know, and, and I've always had a deep commitment uh, toward my people. And if you heard this show before, you understand what I mean by my people. And I'm not just saying this from, a, um, you know, African-American uh, a 56 year old Chicago born perspective. You know, I had to find out who my people were. Paul says in Romans nine, this, he said, with Christ is my witness. I speak with other truthfulness, my conscience and the Holy spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I will be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ. If that would save them, they are the people of Israel chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenants with them and gave them his law. He gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises. Paul had such a love for his people and his people was defined as his Jewish brothers and sisters. You know, in in my search for my people and um, I've been through a lot at, at times in my life. You know, as a young man, I was, you know, I wore the colors red, black and green for the black solidarity movement. And, uh, you know, I was all into this just black, 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 everything like this, you know, coming down the pipe, you know, and then uh even had to, you know, just like, you know, that the white man just was evil or whatever. And then I found out my grandmother was half white, which made me white. So I had to quit hating myself 
And so I had to love everybody. So that just <laughs> it was like my grandmother's half white and half Cherokee. So that that just set the stage. That, that was my mom's mom, and uh, my 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 dad's my dad's great grandfather was uh was was Cherokee, Spanish, French mix. And so you know you can start playing with percentages and do the numbers, but you know I realized that I wasn't one hundred percent African, and I had to look at something there. So in my quest to find out, you know, to 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 my people to rescue my people, you know, growing up in the sixties with. Dr. Martin Luther King and, and everything like that, looking at what was going on, civil rights and, and uh, equating and trying to have rights. You know, growing up in Chicago, real prejudice town, city and neighborhoods, being chased, chasing people just because of the color of their skin, not necessarily because of what they were doing. You know, as when I came to a, a loving relationship with Jesus Christ, I realized that Christ had a call for my life. He had a, he had a call for me. And one thing I come to realize over the course of time is that when, when you when you are called to your people, people look at you a little bit different. You know, I can say I'm called to the nation of Zimbabwe or New Zealand or things like that. And that's my mission field. And people will pat me on the back and be happy. You know, but when I told everyone that I was called to the urban centers of America, you know, and that's those are my people. Ur- urbanites are my people. Felons are my people. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and they're not liked by everyone. I met a minister uh, from uh, from Ghana, you know, this week, and uh, you know, he's his call is to Muslims and uh, people involved in juju or what we say, you know, witchcraft or voodoo, and uh, he said it doesn't make him popular in his area that he hangs with those people. You know, Jesus wasn't popular for hanging with some of the people he hung with, but that's what he was called to, and and looking at a calling, and you know, being an urban missionary means I'm a home missionary. Uh, you know, I just didn't get the kind of support. Yet that a, a missionary overseas would get because people figure I'm in America. America's a prosperous place. Those things can happen. But 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 those are my people. You know, I will minister to anybody. I just don't have any qualms about that. But I, I know where my gifting lies. I know where that lies. You know, my wife used to say uh, uh, I had a, a thug anointing that I can walk into. <laughs> I can walk into a place around a group of thugs and, and they just love me and embrace me. And uh, and I don't have no problem. I said, but you know, growing up in the urban context, when I mean, when you talk about the urban context, where you have you can have five, six hundred people living on one block, you know, and if it's in the projects, the projects in Chicago used to have three to five thousand people living on one block. So you live on that many people packed in together, you run up on all kinds, you know, you run up on all kinds, and so and then in so in the urban context, I can deal with. I can deal with all kinds. They're my people, and I love them. And, and I wish I could do something that would make them all come to the knowledge of Christ. I know how Paul feels, but yet in the same time, you have to understand that that just because you're called to, everybody's not going to answer. You know, everybody's everybody's not going to receive a word from me. Everybody's not there. You know, there's certain people I can minister to, and there's uh, certain people I can't. Uh, I remember one time walking into a restaurant with a pastor friend of mine, and we're sitting there, and. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm gonna change the story a bit, just not to get anybody there. But you know, the guy just uh, comes to me. The owner comes to me out of nowhere, and he asked me. He said, "He said, uh, you a priest?" And I said, "No, I'm not a priest. I'm a pastor." He said, "Oh, same thing." You know, I said, "Okay, well." He said, "He said, would you mind hanging around a little bit?" You know, 
I need a, I need to give confession. You know, <laughs> I said, well, we can talk. I said, yeah, I wouldn't know if you want to call it confession. And, uh, and so, you know, but the, the guy was drawn to me, you know what I mean? And, uh, and the, the, my pastor friend said, this is, you know, he said, this, this guy is hard. He's mean. He did, you know, he, you know, his, my cousin, he doesn't take to anybody, especially somebody black, you know what I mean? And so we just get to talking. We talk like two hours, you know, just talking about life, you know, him telling things and, and giving him insight on what God was trying to do in his life and, and his heart and direction. And, uh, and we became, you know, just real good friends after that, you know what I mean? To the point where he was invite me over to his house, you know, and then I was like, wow. But the favor came from the fact that he could resonate with me because, you know, he was one of my people. And I could tell when he got to talking that he was one of my, he was, he was one of my, he was one of my, one that I could minister to, one that I could, that I can handle, I could reach, you know, and not, not everybody goes that way. My point is today is this, is that in, in, in our effort, a lot of times, you know, we have the call that all of us are to go, go thee therefore and teach all nations, all ethnos. But in the midst of that call, some of us are givers, leaders, teachers, um, there's different gifts in the body of Christ, the different areas that we call into. And and some of us stop a little bit short of, of asking God, you know, who are my people? Who who have you called me to? You know, I, I know um, my one of my mentors when I was in teaching children's church, you know, he could preach, man. He could lay hands. He just was a dynamic guy. But he was in children's church. I was like, man, you should be preaching in the big church. <laughs> Cause you just, just so much energy power. And he said, that's not my call. He said, I'm called to children. And he was one of the first guys that helped me to understand that. Yes, we're all called to reach everyone, to preach to everyone. You know, we don't discriminate against anyone, but we have a call, you know, and we have an area and his was children. You know, I mean, he easily could have started a church and people would have been fascinated with his gifts, but he would have been out of place. Children's church was his home and he got, Great results in, in ministering to children and doing what they do. And, uh, you know, it's like being on a team. Everyone has their position. Everyone has what they do. You know, you may have in basketball, football, you have positions and people play a certain position. And that's what they're known for. And you have some utility players that can play a little bit of everything and they help, they help keep the team in and sub some minutes out. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's, it's, it's really pursuing God, not just for what that what he can give us, you know what I mean? But sometimes we need to pursue God to find out what he's already given us. You know what I mean? You know, what is already there? What is already there in our, in our call and our, in our nature. And uh, that's one of the reasons why, you know, with uh, just as we mentor and try to train the next generation of leaders, you know, I'm, I'm adamant about putting them in a place where they can exercise their gifts and their call and they can find out what has God, what has God already given you? You know, instead of always asking what is already there. And so, as I said earlier in the broadcast that, you know, it would be some young people coming on and they'll be, uh, you know, hosting the show because they just have that gift and they have it there. And I want them to exercise that gift. If I find a kid that can coach, I let them coach. If I find one that can teach, I let them teach, you know, of course, under my supervision. But, you know, I think it's important that they start that start utilizing and exercising their gifts. And uh, to to so that they can be a blessing to the body, so that their confidence level can improve, so that the quality of 
education or the quality of coaching or the quality of speaking can improve and, and be an effective thing for the body of Christ. And, and that that's my that's my admonishment. You know, what I mean, what, what, what people what people group do you really love? What is your heart, your burden for you? Find yourself praying for you, find yourself concerned about uh, there's so much going on, you know, in our life and in the news and everything like that that requires our prayers and requires direction. So what I'm going to do after the break, when we come back, you know, is I'm, I'm going to wrap up and just take a current example and uh, and look at just the love for people and, and how we can exercise our faith and how we can march out and make great things happen. All right. Take care. Catch me after the break. You listen to Isaiah 61, hosted by Pastor Joe Sutton. Love you. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. When you're listening to Christmas music this Christmas season, make sure you're listening to the station that keeps the Christ in Christmas. At the Fish Twin Cities, hear your favorites ranging from traditional... Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining... ...to some contemporary favorites. Download the free app or listen online at thefishtwincities.com. I hope it stays a dream. <laughs> oh man, I'm enjoying this warm weather. That's all I know. My wallet is enjoying this warm weather. <laughs> Welcome back to Isaiah 61. I'm uh, Pastor Joe Sutton, and I'm I'm here with you. Uh, uh, having a nice, uh, jovial time in the studio. Um, you know, and when you look at the love you have, and I know a lot of people always ask me, well, how do I know God's will for my life? And where I know what God's will for my life is. And, uh, you know, I, this week I found myself in the book of Romans, you know, reading the book of Romans. And uh, in verse two, it said, uh, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, it, it, the, the the part of transformation is this. A lot of times that that we tend to do a lot of our ministering and worshiping of God out of tradition or out of social norm, but not from a biblical viewpoint. You know, and I, and I find that a lot is that that we, we, we know how we were raised and what we were exposed to, uh, or we know what the group of people that we tend to hang with tend to do and then so we worship and even interpret through that context as opposed to allowing the word of God to be our guide in how we worship and how we do that and that may get you into some trouble trust me it gets me into trouble and, you know go there because I want to use the word of God as my guide and I just don't want to use and, and I'm not knocking how people did it before me and I'm not knocking what people are doing now but I, I you know I, I just can't follow something because it feels good, I have to 
follow something because I know it is good. And I know it is good when it comes from the word of God. And so if I want to learn God's will for my life, the word tells me I need to not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform me into a new person by changing the way I think. Because of the way I think, because a lot of times we don't think from a Christian worldview, we don't think from 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 a biblical perspective. You know, we think from 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 uh, the the behaviors and customs of our particular world. You know what I mean? And they, they go in that thing. And, and just to give you a case in point, uh, you know, you can't go around anything the last couple of weeks without uh, hearing people talk about uh, the young man that it was. Uh, Shot by the police officer, you know, allegedly while he was handcuffed, they still haven't sorted all that out. And then the uh, the protest that ensued in front of the police station, you know, which is like like less than two blocks away, you know, from uh, where we worship and up the street from where I live. So it's that it's just right there. Everything is there. Everybody felt that the streets are all blocked off. You know, they changed into a little city there and, and everybody was out there protesting and you know, and people ask me, did I go out there? And I just, you know, I didn't go out there. I said, I said, you know, because that's not, that's not, uh, that's not me. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, I, I don't have the patience level that some folks have to be in that environment. And, you know, some people were out there because they were truly concerned about what happened. Some people were out there just to be seen or get a free, free food or whatever. It didn't matter what they were there for. You know, and a, a lot of times a lot of clergy took a black backlash either because like me, they didn't go or because some went and people felt that they didn't do or respond the way they should have responded. You know, but if you know, and so no matter what you do as a leader, you're going to people going to say you're wrong. If you paint the room blue, those who don't like blue going to say you're wrong. And the ones who like blue going to say you're right if you paint it white. The blue people are going to be mad. So you, you can't, as Ian Bounds says in, in his uh, devotional work, as a leader, you can't please everybody. Just make sure you always please God. You know what I mean? And, and that's what you have to do. So when I'm trying to figure out what God's will is for my life, you know, where do I allocate my time? Where do I allocate my resources? You know what I mean? It, it has to go back to this. I got to make sure that I'm in letting God change the way that I think. And I think like he would think and I think how he would go. You know, those a lot of people out there because of their love for their people. They love their people and they don't want to see their people hurt. You know, they want people to understand that black lives matter or whatever may come into a case in point. You know what I mean? But the issue that you have to understand is this. When you get to that point is that, you know, Paul was willing to 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 be cursed, separated from God so that those people can be saved. You know what I mean? It, but it, he didn't say just so those people could. Uh, be recognized or cared for or eat a good meal or anything like that. His whole reason for willing to separate himself for them was so that they can be saved, that they can come in oneness with Christ. You know what I mean? And and I, and that's what I'm about. I'm about introducing people to the greatest relationship they can ever have in their life. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. I want my people to know Christ. That's what I want them to do. I'm just not aiming for a better life. I'm just not aiming for anything there. You know, and I, you know, do I, will I take criticism? Won't be the first time I ever took criticism. Will somebody agree with me? Won't be the first time someone agree with me, but you know, if I'm going to lay my time and my life out there, I have to see eternal benefits. I have to see eternal. I don't want temporary. I want eternal benefits when those come out there. And so when we look in it there, you know, and, and some pastor friends of mine, they went out there and I pray for them. You know what I mean, I pray for them. I cover them in prayer. You know, I, I, I gave resources. I do whatever I can because 
That's what they felt called to. That's what they went to do. And so therefore I supported them in that because I love them in their support. They were sharing the gospel out there, praying with people, doing things like that with folks. And, and that's there that goes. But in, in all in the end time, won't nothing matter. But where will we spend eternity? You know, what I mean, you know, we have to get serious about this thing called life. You know, what I mean, and understand this. Our life on this earth is temporary. We're we're just sojourning. We're just temporary agents. We're passing through this side. Our home is another place. And, you know, and, and if I really love you and I really care for you, I'm going to look out for your eternal benefits just as well as I look out for your temporary benefits. And so, it, you know, man, whatever it may be, don't let nobody categorize you or box you to what God has called you to because God has has called people to every area of life to minister to every type of person. And it just because it's not you doesn't mean that you're wrong and it doesn't mean that you're right. You know what I mean? Because but the person has the answer to the way God is calling them to. You know, yeah, some some people would never do what I do, and that's fine. And I would never do what they do. You know what I mean? But I have to answer to how God is directing me by allowing him first to change the way I think so that he can reveal his will to me. Because as long as I'm still thinking in my box, in my parameter, I'll never see God's will for a particular thing. Hey, hold on tight. You know, I know some of y'all want that white Christmas. And why people like me going to be the Grinch and going to steal. I'm holding out for 70 degree weather. Uh, <laughs> you know, but all in all, God loves us all. And he's going to give us all a little bit of everything that we need. So I want to say God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord. And uh, hit me on hit me on the church website if you want to contact me. Love you. And God bless you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.